Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1744. Today I'm at the McLaren Technology Center in the UK. We're going racing. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today, I'm in the UK at the McLaren Technology Center. Whoa, boy, I'm in a pretty cool place with a very special guest by the name of Zach Brown. Zach, welcome to Cars Yeah. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely. Always buckled up and always ready to go. No kidding. A guy like you who's done a lot of racing, involved in some major racing, so we're going to have some fun now. Zach, before I give you a proper introduction, I want you to share one little thing that most people don't know about you. Ooh, they don't know about me. Yeah. Um, well, there's probably a lot that's not <laughs> known about me. Probably because some of it isn't, isn't, isn't that interesting. Well, I'm a car guy, but that's, that's known. Um, what the, I wish I was a baseball player. Really? Um, then maybe that's something that people, yeah, that was my favorite sport growing up. And, uh, if uh, I could do it all over again, I'd love to play on the St. Louis Cardinals. No kidding. Baseball. Well, you know, this is pretty interesting because a mutual friend of ours, Cindy Sisson, who I call a super connector, who you know, and she knows everybody, including you. Her son is embarking on a career in baseball as we speak. He's off to uh, try to make a life in baseball. So we'll wish him well. But baseball. Well, that's pretty cool. Did you play baseball when you were a kid or in college? I did. I did. No, no, I didn't do any college. I barely did high school. So that was uh, school is not my forte, but I played it all the way up through uh, high school. And sort of grew up around and uh, idolized all the big baseball players. So uh, and my son's name, uh, one of my son's name is McGuire, uh, named after Mark McGuire. Mark so McGuire, yeah. That gives you a sense of uh, my uh, my. Uh, admiration for the St. Louis Cardinals, exactly. St. Louis Cardinals. Well, that's pretty darn cool. Uh, what is it about baseball that you like the most? Ooh, uh, it's got to be the home run um, <laughs> as opposed to a, a, a pitcher's duel. But, uh, you know, I grew up around it. My mom was a massive uh, New York Yankee fan, and uh, I think I was pretty good at it in my early years. So uh, I found the sports I follow are the ones that I played and were decent at. And the, uh, I don't follow sports. And I find the kind of commonality between the ones that I follow and don't follow is whether I played them or not. So I think I've got a greater appreciation for the sport if I, if I played it. So I'm not a big basketball guy. I'm not a big football guy. I'm not a big soccer guy. And I never played any of those sports. But I love baseball. I love ice hockey. I love golf. And I do uh, did all those sports, so uh, I think that's uh, how I've ended up in motor racing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My son likes baseball. He's he's kind of grown into it, and his favorite thing about it are the statistics, the numbers. He always says, "Dad, it's a numbers game. It's it's all about a numbers game." And you think about that movie Moneyball. It kind of relates to that in a little bit of a way. Is it's it's very strategic, yeah, very much I, numbers. I, I, I love statistics. Yeah. Very good. Well, Cardinals are red, but today we're going orange 
and McLaren. So let me give Zach a proper introduction and we're going to dive into his world. Zach Brown is the chief executive of McLaren Racing and his overall responsibility for the business, including strategic direction, operational performance, marketing, and commercial development. He leads McLaren's direction and involvement in professional motorsports spearheaded by the McLaren Formula One team. Born and raised in California, Zach raced around the world professionally for 10 years before developing his skills in motorsports business and commercial worlds. And in 1995, he founded JMI, which grew to become the largest and most successful motorsports marketing agency in the world. When JMI was acquired in 2013 by CSM, a division of Chime Communication, Zach became the company's chief executive officer, and then he relinquished that post to embark on his journey at McLaren in the winter of 2016. We'll be back in just a minute to learn more about Zach and McLaren and what they have planned this year, but first a word from our very valued sponsors. Please give them a listen. Hold on, we're at McLaren. We'll be right back. Our pets are part of the family, but they can be very hard on your vehicle's interiors. Do you have a pet in your household that loves to go for rides? Covercraft offers a wide variety of solutions to protect your vehicle's interior from Fido's rough treatment. Canine cargo area covers are padded for comfort and provide door-to-door protection. Pet pads have built-in features and keep cargo areas and your seats protected. Covercraft's quality pet solutions cover cargo areas, bucket or bench seats, and protect from damaging claws, pet fur and hair, mud, moisture, and drool from permanently damaging your vehicle's interior surfaces. Choose from a variety of styles and covers for almost every vehicle made. And I've got a deal for you. Cars Yeah listeners are going to get 10% off if you use the code YAH21, that's Y-E-A-H-21, Simply use the code YAH21 at checkout at Covercraft.com. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. American Collectors Insurance, that's how I now protect my Porsche Turbo. The one I call my Orange Crush. Are you insuring your classic vehicles on your regular daily driver auto policy? Then your special vehicles are at risk. Your regular auto insurance carrier won't tell you how much you'll get until after a claim, and more than likely, you'll be in for a rude awakening. With a agreed value policy from American Collectors Insurance, you'll be paid your vehicle's full agreed value. No surprises. If you're driving your collector car less than 5,000 miles a year, do what I did. Call American Collectors Insurance and get your very own agreed value policy tailored to your specific vehicle. If you're like me, you're picky about who works on your special ride. A great policy allows you to choose your repair shop of choice, and that means you'll know the job is done right. I shopped around and decided to protect my car with American Collectors Insurance. They've been protecting vehicles since 1976. Give them a call for a quote today at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love. I did at American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. All right, Zach, we're back. And as we continue on what I'm going to call this journey of your life, which has been pretty fast-paced, I would love for you to share a success quote or a mantra. Maybe this is something personal to you or maybe something that is floating around the airwaves there at McLaren to set forth a successful season for you guys. So I know you love to drive, Zach. Grab the wheel. (laughs) Well, there's probably a few things that uh, I bang on about, if you'd like, inside uh, McLaren. You've heard the phrase, work smart, not hard. I think you got to work smart and you got to work hard. (laughs) Yes. 
you got to wake up and try and beat the competition. And uh, so, so working hard, mistakes are okay. Don't make the same mistake twice and don't make stupid mistakes. So, you know, you're, you're, you're racing and you're making a pass for the lead and it doesn't stick and you crash. That's okay. Coming out, pit lane, cold tires, free practice one, you crash. That's just stupid. So mistakes are okay, but uh, there's certain type of ones, but you got to learn from them. And then uh, two of my other little pet peeves are, I can't stand ASAP. You know, you got to be clear in your communication. And I have in my calendar Monday at 3. I have Wednesday at 2. I have Friday at 10. I have no ASAP in my calendar. Um, and date documents. You know, I live by uh, briefs and, uh, and live on planes. And so I'll get so many drafts and you print them off and you get on a plane you got three documents that look identical, and you can't figure out which one's the most current because it's not dated. So those are a few of my, my little things that I, uh, I I live by. But I'm not any I'm not sure any of them are uh, earth shattering. Well, I can't imagine the busy life of a gentleman running a Formula One team these days. And we're going to dive into what you're looking forward to this year. You know, when you think about, or I think about McLaren after their first taste of Formula One victory, which I believe was at the 1968 Belgian Grand Prix. You guys have gone on to secure 181 Grand Prix wins, 20 world championships. This year is an exciting year. McLaren racing drivers include Lando Norris and the ever-smiling Daniel Ricciardo. I got to ask you, does a smile ever leave that guy's face? He is always smiling. No, and he's, uh, uh, we've got such a great driver lineup with, with Daniel and, and Lando, two, two guys that are awesome race car drivers and, and good guys and kind of what you see on TV, that's, that's who they are. You know, they're, they're killers when they put the helmet on, but when they take the helmet off, they're a, a pleasure to deal with and just two really good uh, people. So I'm excited to go racing with both of them next year. This year, I guess I should say at this point. Oh, well, yeah, we're already in. I know it, it seems a little weird, doesn't it? Well, let's talk a little bit about this year and what you're expecting, what, well, I know what you're expecting to win, but what your plans are, you know, after last year and all the bizarro world, and it seems like we're still in a bit of bizarro world with this pandemic, which is affecting so many things. Let's talk about what you're looking forward to this year there at McLaren. Some of the things that you can share with us that have you super excited about this year in Formula One racing. Our driver lineup, as we just discussed, is very exciting. And then, of course, we've got the Mercedes power unit that's going to be in the back of our car. Yeah. And uh, last time we won a race was with Mercedes in 2012, a long, long time ago. Uh, so I think those are two very exciting developments. Uh, I think, you know, we still have a long way to go to get to our ultimate uh, destination, which is winning world championships again. So I think the season 2021 will look a lot like 2020 for the entire grid. A lot of that is because we're carrying over uh, the majority of the car from 20. So I, I think 21 will look like 20. But that midfield battle that we're in, there was nothing between third and sixth. So I think there could be some uh, mixing up of the order uh, there. We finished third, so I hope we're not mixed up and going, going the, the wrong direction. Uh, and then 22 is going to be the, 
you know, largest rule change in modern day Formula One. So I think we have a lot to look forward to uh, for the next five years. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about this because cars have evolved quite dramatically in the last couple of years with the uh, presence of the halo, uh, protective devices for drivers, putting a Mercedes engine in the back of your car is, I think, a great move for you guys and very exciting. What are some of the things that us fans are going to see that are going to be different about the cars this year? Well, the, car, the cars aren't going to be a lot different uh, th- this year. I mean, I think you know so much of the uh, Formula One uh, game, if you'd like, is is aerodynamics, which is, are pretty uh, subtle mm-hmm. uh, to the to the naked eye. So, I I, I think where you'll visibly see uh, a major difference is in uh, 2022 when the cars are you know all brand new concepts. Um, but but I, I think 21 will look a lot like 20. I think the field will be tighter, though, as, as the rules go um, not heavily modified. It seems to uh, consolidate the field. So I think what we will see this year is even better racing. It'll be fun. You know, when we look back at your career, you raced cars for many years, and then you went into marketing business, and now you're running a F1 team. When you were running your marketing business, did you ever think you'd be running a Formula One team one day, or was that part of your plan? No, it was uh, never part of my plan. Never thought I, I would, and, and actually wasn't sure that I was interested in that. You know, because I've been had been for you know twenty plus years doing the uh, sponsorship side of the business, kind of the commercial side of the business. I had a um, uh, an excellent opportunity to go to Formula One during the transition of when Liberty uh, acquired the sport from from Bernie and CBC, and that's where I was headed. And it was only when this opportunity uh, came along that I kind of hit the pause button. And as difficult as it's been since I, I've started, and we're now you know having fun again, uh, I haven't looked back and regretted my decision at all. And uh, but I. I didn't think I was going to end up on the team side. I thought I was going to end up on the uh, Formula One management side. And um, it worked out this way, and I couldn't be happier about it. Do you think this all worked out because of that marketing business background? Because racing these days, and I've interviewed hundreds of race car drivers from all different types of racing. And one thing that racing always comes back to, business, marketing, business, marketing, I mean, that's what it's all about. So I've got to think that that history you had, the company that you built up, there's so many of those points of knowledge that you've brought into McLaren that have been a great benefit for you and the team. Yeah, for sure. They didn't bring me in for my uh, technical and engineering uh, skills. Uh, you know, fortunately, we've got great men and women at McLaren that, uh, that know what they're doing. But yeah, they brought me in to run the, the business of, of the Formula One team. And we've got an IndyCar team and eSports and a great heritage business. And so with the commercial side, they've been struggling with partners. I had done a lot of their, in my previous role, a lot of their partnerships. So, you know, they brought me in as a, as a commercial leader as opposed to a technical. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you've got to hire the right people, put the right people in the right place. And, you know, you got to know your strengths and weaknesses and certainly know that, uh, developing a race car to go faster. My contribution to that is putting the right people in the place and giving them the right resources and goals and objectives, but then having the right people that know how to design a great race car and run a great race team. And I'm very happy 
uh, with it, with everyone we have on the racing team. I think they're doing an excellent job. Well, you mentioned the word heritage. When I think of McLaren, oh my gosh, heritage going back to the beginning and all the racing and having been a vintage racer uh, and being around and looking at these cars and thinking back to the day. I mean, Zach, what's it like when you walk into that facility every day and you go, wow, I'm here. This is McLaren. I, I do that. Every day, uh, you know, the, the boulevard, uh, as we call it, <laughs> yeah. our extended lobby, if you'd like. Yeah, quite a uh, lobby that it is. <laughs> you know, it, it just, it's it just, it's got all the history there from Bruce McLaren's Formula One car accident, his first Austin, to our 74 Johnny Rutherford uh, Indy 500 winner, to our Denny Holm 70 KM car, to our first championship with Emerson Fittipaldi, all the way through Nicky Lauda and Alain Prost and Senna, to your Hackenden era, to then your Lewis and Alonso and, and Button. And, and uh, you know, I'm such a fan of Formula One and motor racing and, yeah. and McLaren in particular that uh, it, it's such a privilege and never gets old uh, being uh, at the MTC. I can't even imagine, listeners, I mentioned to Zach in our pre-show chat that the wall in my son's room is painted McLaren orange because when he was in junior high, he wanted to redo his room, and that was the color that he chose, and it still remains that color today. I won't change it. It's too cool. Can you talk a little bit about your racing days? Because you raced for a long time. Uh, Tell my listeners a little bit about what kind of racing you did, the cars, and what was so enjoyable about that for you before you started your marketing business. Well, I started, you know, I wanted to be a... You know, preferred to be uh, on the podium in a driver's suit for McLaren, but I'll, I've, I've got the second best uniform, <laughs> the CEO yes. uniform. But I wanted to, to race, and I uh, I grew up in Southern California. And I raced carts. My family didn't have anything to do with the motor racing business and wasn't a family with the type of wealth that you need to really progress through motor racing. I had been fortunate enough, lucky enough to get on the wheel of fortune the, uh, during teen week uh, when I was 13 years old and won a bunch of his and her watches, which I went and then sold at a pawn shop to buy my first go-kart. So <laughs> that's how I got started in racing. And I had a lot of success in, in, in karting and kind of had more um, interest in going to the kart shop to work on my cart and work at the cart shop yeah. than uh, maybe spend on science and history and math. And so just totally got immersed in it. And uh, my mom is a travel agent. So she introduced me to TWA Airlines, who I got a little bit of sponsorship out of. Uh-huh. And that put me over in Europe to, to race. And I kind of got to learn the sponsorship industry by um, not having family money to be able to put into racing. So I needed to understand how did corporations, what did you have to do to get them to sponsor you so you could chase your your dream? And so it was kind of, I didn't have any marketing or commercial training. It was more getting totally immersed into what do I need to do for TWA's business for them to help me and then you just got immersed in the business and understood what they were looking for for marketing and that's how the business got uh, started and then when I moved back from uh, Europe, TWA wanted to continue sponsoring and they said, well, you must know the people in Pit Lane, can't you place our sponsorship with one of your buddies? Ah. Yeah, I could do that and that's how the business got started is I started going back to all my contacts and well, 
forget about me for a moment because it looks like I'm not headed to Formula One and not as famous as some of these other guys out there. What if I could take you anywhere in the sport? And I had the credibility for being a racer where people went, yeah, Zach, if you can help us navigate. And then that's how the business took off. Wow. Fascinating. Very, very cool twist of things. You know, I always ask my guests about a big challenge or even a big failure. Now, you work in a career that is, oh, fraught with ups and downs. It's just uh, mind boggling. Being in the racing business, I'd love for you to share a big, big challenge in your life. Could be your business, could be in racing, could be anything. But more importantly, what was that lesson learned so you could move forward in a positive way? Uh, I, I would have to say the biggest, you know, you have, first of all, you have lots of failures. And you have failures every day, just degree of how 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 big and were they self-inflicted and did you learn from them and were they your fault or not your fault but i think the biggest one and certainly the most visible was failing to qualify at the indianapolis 500 with fernando alonso in 2019 to bring the mclaren brand to indianapolis to bring two-time world champion to indianapolis and then fail to qualify that was definitely the worst racing experience of of my life. Uh, I can't even think of what was second. If you kind of put that on a scale, cause it, you know, it's Fernando Alonso, it's McLaren and there's no hiding from it. And, um, you know what I learned, trust your instincts. You know, I had lots of red flags a- along the way, but you know, I was rebuilding the formula one team. And I think there were plenty of things I saw along the way that concerned me. And unfortunately, um, I was kind of, given assurances and comfort that I was a bit wound up over nothing. turns out that uh, I probably should have stepped in when my instinct said, I don't like what I'm I'm seeing here because the failure to qualified Indian May, I can trace back step by step to March. So I knew there was a problem in back in March, in March. And and ultimately what bit us in May you, I could literally rewind and go, well, this happened, which caused this to happen, which caused this to happen. So trust your instinct, you know, don't underestimate. And, and you know, some people thought we underestimated it. I knew how difficult it was going to be, but I think I didn't put enough of my time into it because all the mistakes we made, which were a series of small mistakes, but, you know, motor racing is unbelievably competitive. And, you know, while I got great notes from Roger Penske saying, Zach, I didn't qualify at Indy one one year. So it's happened to the best of them, including the best, Roger Penske. There's no one better in motor racing. He's my my hero. Still, um, when you know, you know, when he didn't qualify, he, he his car wasn't good enough. Our car and our driver was good enough. We didn't execute. So um, I, I think that was, that was probably the, the biggest failure and lots of learnings from it. And, you know, what you don't do is quit. And we came back and um, did things a little bit differently. And we finished fourth in the championship last year with, I think, five podiums. So uh, it would have been easy to you know pack up and go home. But that's, that's you know, that's like crashing and quitting. You crash, you got to dust yourself off, rebuild the car, and get ready for the next session. Well, the words I've heard from every racer on this show are never, ever, ever quit. And that's definitely something you can't do. So the golden nugget I heard out of that description was listen to your instincts your gut it's almost always right and i know for myself every time i've ignored that and pushed it aside it's come back to bite me yeah 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 
Definitely. Every time. Definitely regret it. Yeah. Well, congratulations on the successes after that difficult time. Awesome. Thanks for taking us down that road. Let's take a short break and thank our sponsors here. And we come back. I want to dive into your personal passion for cars here, Axel. Sit tight. Keep the seatbelts on. We're at McLaren. This is a very cool place. Be right back. GS Events was founded by Cindy Sisson and Teresa Gilpatrick. Together, they create strategic alliances, curated events, and business development connecting automotive brands to discerning audiences. Their flagship offering, Women Shifting Gears, amplifies women's voices and participation in the automotive culture. Through strategically developed events, they create innovative concepts and collaborations that create remarkable professional and personal experiences you won't find anywhere else. GS Events' immersive, inclusive opportunities create networking, skill building, and unforgettable experiences. Whether you enjoy rallies, concours, auctions, restoration, the business side of collective cars, or you always have yearned to expand your skills to drive vehicles to its fullest potential, GS Events has automotive events and experiences designed just for you. And by the way, both Cindy and Teresa are past guests here on Cars Yeah, so give them a listen. You can find gsevents.live on their website today. Did you know that Cars Yeah is in the top 1% of all podcasts based on listenership, according to Libsyn, the premier RSS feed for podcasts in the United States? That's right. And Cars Yeah is the only five-day-a-week automotive-focused podcast for you to get your message into the ears of thousands of listeners daily from all over the world. Plus, DuPont Registry recommended Cars Yeah is one of their top 10 car podcasts for you to enjoy. Cars Yeah has experienced tremendous growth, plus your ads are evergreen, meaning they never go away. And more and more listeners find Cars Yeah every day for their daily dose of automotive inspiration. Do you want to expose your brand to a highly targeted list of automotive enthusiasts in a very unique in very personal way, well, I can help you. Contact me, Mark Green, at mark at carsyad.com or through the website at carsyad.com today to learn more. All right, Zach, tell me a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were going to be a bit of a car guy instead of a baseball guy. Um, you know, first race I went to was the 1981 Long Beach Grand Prix. Uh, I loved it. I was always a car guy. I just never really saw it as a profession I might get into. I was always very focused on on baseball all the way up till high school. But in, in high school, uh, one of my best friends' father was in the racing uh, business. And we went, my father, family, took me to the 81 Long Beach Grand Prix. And then we probably did five races over the next five years uh, at Riverside, the NASCAR race, the sports car race. We would go to the Pomona drag races, but it was kind of a, you know, the races in town as opposed to us being really into racing. But I I loved cars. I played with Hot Wheels. And so I always enjoyed cars, but never really thought I would get into it. Also, because I was totally focused on Baseball, but in high school, when uh, I started to lose interest in baseball, and then you're getting close to getting your driver's license, so your uh, the automobiles becoming a big part of you know the next phase of your your life. Uh, and he took me to the '87 Long Beach Grand Prix, and we had dinner with Mario Andretti nice. one night. 
uh, just family and friends with him. And uh, I asked Mario, I was very intimidated. It was the only thing I asked him all night. It was a big dinner. How do you get started in, in racing? He said, karting. And there was a advertisement in the race program, uh, which I still have, for Jim Hall Carpenter School. And I thought, well, I want to try this. So I went to the karting school, did really well. Then did the advanced class, did very well. So I want to get a cart. Went and sold my Wheel of Fortune winnings, if you'd like. <laughs> yeah. And that's what got me into karting. And then, you know, I've always been either completely into something or no interest. And karting became my my new love. And so I just totally immersed myself in it. And um, now what's cool, and I think the best part of my job is now, uh, I call Mario Andretti a good, close personal friend and I actually uh, was able to acquire uh, as part of my car collection is 1987 Long Beach uh, winner. So no which way. Is pretty, oh um, pretty cool. So my car, my car collection is all very, uh, it's memory lane for me. And yeah. so that's, you know, I have lots of favorite cars, but to now know Mario and I had the car rebuilt and Mario joined me in Chicago uh, a couple of years ago huh? and shook the car down for me. And oh that, that was just, Whoa. Awesome. It felt like a 15-year-old again. Yeah, I think so. Well, 81 Long Beach Grand Prix. I was there too, by the way. And uh, Alan Jones won that year. Williams Ford were top two, I believe. Carlos Reutemann. Yep. Nelson Piquet was number three. And and Mario Andretti was number four, driving an Alfa Romeo back in the day. So, yeah, I was very lucky. I got to uh, be hang out in the pits. A friend of mine, actually a girl I was dating, her dad was doing some kind of marketing then. And I got to kind of hang behind the scenes. I thought I'd died and gone to heaven. I mean, uh, yeah, that was pretty darn cool. Well, is there a special, you mentioned that Mario Andretti race car. Sounds like you have some cool race cars. Tell me about one really special car in your life. This could have been your first driver or this could be something else. And maybe share a memory you have about that ride. Um, ooh, uh, God, that is <laughs> hard to narrow it down one. to one. <laughs> That's hard, hard to narrow it down. If I had to pick one, it would, it would be my, uh, 1991 uh, Monaco winning championship year, uh, Ayrton Senna. Oh, and to me, it ticks every box. Senna was my favorite driver. Monaco, of course, if you're a Formula One guy, Monaco's the race championship. And of course, um, McLaren has always been my team. So uh, that one has to be my favorite if I had to pick one, but I, Certainly hope I can take more than one when I go. Uh, well, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that is special. Stennis got a special place in my heart. My listeners know this. I have one of his quotes on my business card, actually, and that is, the past is just data. I only see the future. Yeah. So many great things about Ayrton Center, but that car, oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. Marlboro livery? Was that? Is that? Yeah. The oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I got the car right. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I got to come visit you, my friend, uh, and sit in a couple of those yeah. cars. <laughs> that is pretty cool. Well, here's a bit of an introspective question for you, Zach. I'm going to crawl into your head a little bit here. If you woke up tomorrow and you were manifest as a car, this isn't what you want to be. This is how your your perception of your personality, your traits, who you are, were wrapped into a vehicle. What would Zach Brown be? But more importantly, why? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I think that would have to be a Cobra. A Cobra. Okay. So I think a Cobra. Yeah, 289, 427. 
289. Oh, I like the 289. Yeah. A little, little bit more refined than the 427. Yeah. American. Yep. A fast. A little bit loud. Yep. <laughs> uh, um, and uh, just a cool, cool car. I've always loved, uh, I've always loved Kilbris. Oh, gosh. Yeah, they are special for sure. All right, Zach, we're entering the last lap. This is a place you've been so many times in your life. That means the white flag's out, checker flag's in the distance. Time to really put our foot into it and finish strong. I'm going to ask you some very quick questions, get some quick blips of that Cobra 289 throttle answer from you. So here we go. What's one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your many successes in life? Uh, workaholic. So I hear. Workaholic. Yeah. If I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry or racing, living or someone who's passed, who would that individual be? Because you've probably met some incredible people. I've been fortunate to meet some very uh, exciting people. Uh, I would have to say Ayrton Center because I've never met him. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't that be special? Very cool. Never met him. Now, when it comes to automotive advice, or I'll add the word racing advice, what's the best advice someone else ever offered to you? Um, you can't quit. (laughs) It's a sport. (laughs) It's a sport that unfortunately has, you you, you probably lose more than you win. And, um, you, you gotta, you gotta keep, you gotta keep going. So it's, it's not a sport that, uh, well, I think any sport, it's not, not easy to get there. And then, you know, once you get there, people are trying to knock you down. So you got to, uh, you got to get up and stay on the throttle every day. There you go. I love it. Get up and stay on the throttle every day. Very nice. Now, when it comes to resources, there's so many for us these days, websites, apps, suppliers, people, doesn't matter what it is. What's a consistent go-to for you? Well, definitely my, my, my email, but probably, uh, probably Twitter, uh, tends to be where you get all the breaking news these days, whether it's in uh, motor racing or politics or the markets or world news. So that's probably uh, what I'm checking uh, most often to get uh, stay current. I assume McLaren's very active on Twitter with what you guys are putting out there for your fans. Extremely. Yeah. There you go. I'll make sure I put a link to that if you guys aren't already following that. Now, Zach, is there a book perhaps you read in the past year that you think our listeners could garner a lot of knowledge from? I'm kind of a motor racing junkie, so I uh, just finished reading uh, Nicky Lauda's book, and I just got my Porsche Singer book, but that's more flipping <laughs> through uh, pages and looking at cool cars. Well, I'll tell you, funny you mentioned the uh, Singer book. Michael Harley, who wrote that book for Rob Dickinson and Singer, was just a guest on my show the other day. So uh, there you ah, go. Yeah. Tell me, did a good book. Yeah, he did a great he book. In fact, I'm sitting here in my uh, studio looking at my coffee table, and there it sits. The Nikki Lauda book, do you remember which book that is? Uh, it's the brand new one that just came out because there's been quite a few. Yeah, Nikki Lauda's book, it's titled Nikki Lauda, His Competition Histories by a, a very recent Cars Yeah guest here, John Saltonstall. I've got a copy too. He did a marvelous job uh, covering Nikki's history. That's another hero of mine too, Nikki Lauda. Sadly, we lost him, of course, last year. But wow, yeah, what a great book. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. Nicely done. You can find all these resources on Zach's very own show notes page on the Cars Yeah website. All right, Zach, we're almost to the finish line here. Check your flags out. I'm going to buy you a very cool collector car today, but this question could be very challenging. And here's why. Since I'm buying it, I'm the sponsor, so I get a little bit of leeway here. It needs to be a car that's a keeper, meaning you can't just 
sell it and fund a bunch of stuff or buy more cars with it. I want you to enjoy it and drive it, whether it's on the road or the track. But here's the hard part. It's the only collector car you can have. That means all the other cars you have have to go away. You can only have one parked in the garage. Now, if you want to keep a car you have, that's cool. I won't have to buy anything. But if you want me to buy you something very special, unobtainium, what's it going to be? Uh, I know that's an easy one for me. Okay. Uh, it's the McLaren F. It's the McLaren F1. <laughs> the McLaren F1. The McLaren F1 uh, road car, one. right? Yeah. I don't have one. It's a little bit out of my league. They're um, worth a small fortune. Yeah. But um, it's that and the Ferrari GTO that seem to be the the two big cars. So um, I'm fortunate to have a, a great collection, but not one of those in them. So. If you're going to be kind enough to buy me something, please go get me one of those. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Now, it's interesting to me that that's really become the modern day GTO, you know, in a way. Yeah. Uh, because it's just yeah, yeah. really come on strong and such a special car. I got to go to the factory back when they were building those because I was importing Facome tools into the country and Facome was supplying tools to them at the time. In fact, they even had a little compartment where they had to put a set of Facome tools in there. And I, I, looking at that car when it was first coming out, I was just blown away, not only by the, the car, but the facility that I got to go to was pretty darn cool. So I have to ask you this, though, being a racer, there's a couple versions of that car, right? There's a road going version yeah. and then there's another one that's a little bit more yeah. uh, special. I think our friend uh, Ralph Lauren has one of those. Which one would you like? Yep. I, I would go for the traditional road car. I mean, there's the LM, which is the yeah. one that you're referring to, which I think we did four or five of. But I, I, I like pure uh, road cars. You know, the LM's uh, pretty, pretty race ready. And, um, I'd go for the regular one. So I'd save you a few bucks. Well, I appreciate that, pal. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Now, now, so that I get you the right car, do you want that in the traditional silver or would you like that McLaren orange? I can't recall how many McLaren oranges we did. I love our green one. Um, Oh, yeah. That's nice. But you know what? I mean, you know, it's just, it wouldn't be appropriate for me to tell you what color gift to get. Oh, okay. (laughs) Appreciative for whatever decide you color you decide all right i'll get to work on that for you right away zach you've taken me on an awesome ride i knew this would be fun and i want to thank you for sharing a little time with us today and and everyone here wishes mclaren the best for next well this year you keep saying next year but it's this year for this year what you guys are going to do there your drivers your new car new power plant i should say awesome year i think is going to be for you guys today i have all the faith in you before i let you drive off into the english countryside in that mclaren f1 could you offer us one little Parting piece of wisdom or guidance? Ooh, oh boy, uh, that's a lot of lot of a lot of pressure. pressure. Yeah, I think, in the um, new year. <laughs> yeah, I, I you know I think given that we're still living in this COVID era at this at this moment, uh, everyone needs to uh, be very safe and uh, as most people are, but not enough. Take it uh, extremely seriously, and uh, we'll we'll get through this uh, together. But let's not take our foot off the uh, off the throne. Absolutely. What's the best way for people to follow you guys there at McLaren Racing this year? Um, I think our our social media channels. It's something that we spend a lot of time on, making sure we uh, are keeping everyone informed. So whether it's Twitter or Instagram, I think those uh, those two channels we're on uh, quite quite often, and we try and keep our uh, fans and supporters and partners uh, very up to speed. 
All right, I'll put links to all those. You guys follow McLaren this year. Uh, I think things are going to be great for you and your team. You've got great drivers, obviously a great leader there, Zach. You can find everything on Zach Brown's show notes page in the Car Show website. And I want to do a quick thank you to Tom Gibson at Gibson Communication for introducing me to Zach. Uh, Tom brings a lot of great, inspiring automotive enthusiasts here to Cars. Yeah, so thanks, Tom. Hey, Zach, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise. Can't wait to follow you guys this year until you and I talk again. I'll see you down the road or at the track. Sounds good. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Cars yeah is proud to support our veterans, which is why I've teamed up with our nonprofit partner, Tech Force Foundation, through its Veterans at Work Military Transition Campaign. The tech shortage is very real, and our country needs skilled, qualified techs to keep our cars, trucks, airplanes, and fleets rolling. When so many vets build their skills in maintaining and servicing vehicles when deployed, TechForce helps transition those skills to jobs as professional technicians when they come home. Learn more about TechForce Foundation and its Veterans at Work Military Transition Fund at techforce.org today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!